Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. And welcome to this week's FitPro podcast. Your clients may be setting an incredible challenge for 2019. Of course, it doesn't matter how big the challenge is, it's all personal to you. Today, we're talking about fitness challenges and mental health. I'm joined by Damien King, who in April of this year will attempt to walk the entire length of India. That's 2,300 miles and in total 30 miles every single day. Damien, great to have you with us this morning. Now, I'm daunted by walking a marathon in May, let alone anything else. Perhaps you can tell our listeners a bit about your background and why you've decided to take on the challenge. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a crazy challenge. My background, you know, if, if I just take you back very, very briefly, I worked in the city in 2004 quit my job, walked in one day, was fed up, quit my job and decided to travel around the world. I did that and then came back to the UK and never went back to the city. So that really was the end of my kind of corporate career. More recently, I returned back to London in 2015 uh, from traveling again. And from there, just started to do some events, uh, some new startup businesses. And then that's really when I suppose my downward spiral really did start to take effect with depression and kind of negative thinking and things like that. So, yeah, it's been, that was 2015. That kind of lasted for around about two, three years. And then from there, I've kind of been on the upside of things. Yeah. Uh, managed to turn things around with some kind of lifestyle changes. And here I am today embarking on a bit of a mad adventure. So, yeah, <laughs> an, an interesting adventure, certainly. So, 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 so why India? Why did you decide to Well, India, funny enough, was the first country I actually tried to and it was you know I didn't plan to go to India mm. uh, so there's a bit of a kind of connection with that but also just because of the harsh terrains and the vast kind of weather conditions you know I'm starting off in Kashmir up in the northeast which sub zero temperatures snow and then I'm going to be trekking further down south through the deserts of Rajasthan which are extremely kind of vast and dry and then I'm going to get hit by the monsoon going through the Western Ghats, so it's going to be very, very hot, very humid, but also very wet. So I don't think there's another country like India that can mm. offer me the diversity and the challenge that I'm looking to embark on. So, And the, the people are amazing. So for me, it's, it's a huge challenge, and India just kind of fitted everything that fitted I wanted out of it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I'm imagining you, you can't just leave your door and off you go what sort of preparations have you done in terms of speaking to the Indian government and well I mean first and foremost there's a little bit of conflict in Kashmir at the moment obviously you're on the border with Pakistan so I need to ensure because I'm going to be I'm not going into the main kind of tourist areas mm. I need to ensure that I'm going to be safe rather than having this kind of skinhead white guy walking down the the passes of yeah. uh, the Himalayan mountains yeah. so you know there's not a lot of 
people that do mm. what I'm looking to do. So I've had to kind of just put the feelers out to people and see whether or not it's going to be safe. I mean, fortunately, from a visa perspective, you get six months. You can okay. apply for a six-month visa. It's not going to, hopefully, not going to take me six months to do. Fingers crossed. So at the moment, it's really connecting with kind of local people in the areas. And the Indian people have been really, really receptive. And also, the great thing about it is it's communicating with the rest of... The, the travellers, adventurers yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. So it's, it's so a you've beautiful... you've really joined that whole community It's a beautiful now. community to be part of. And physically, how are you going to be preparing for the challenge? That's a very good question, actually. Very good, because I don't like long-distance running. I don't mind walking as if, you know, to the point that I need to get somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm not built for long-distance running either. You know, I'm, I'm more into kind of CrossFit, more into my weights, mixed martial arts. So as it stands at the moment... I need to drop a couple of stone mm. before I actually get there just to maximise kind of my performance because, you know, I don't go for 30-mile walks of a weekend or yeah. anything like that. I'm also going to be carrying between 30 and 40 kilos on my back in a rucksack. So You're going to be recording Absolutely, live, yeah. I mean, well. you know, I'm going to be going uh, and trekking through places that are literally for hundreds of miles just vast wilderness with no inhabitants there so I'm going to have to pitch up a tent I'm going to have to be kind of quite resourceful when it comes to actually getting through mm. you know certain parts of India and are you hoping to sort of check in and arrange accommodation and say, or are you, are you going to be yeah very much so where, well. where possible <laughs> the thing is with India and this is one of the reasons why I actually wanted to do India is that it's very unpredictable you know the public transport there not that I'll be using any you, know, you can get a train that's been delayed for like nine hours they have a different kind of mentality on we'll get that done now and the trains as well oh massively <laughs> massively you know their idea of we'll get it done now could well mm. be in two hours time so it's going to be a mixture of maybe guest houses, local villagers, local people, and also just pitching up and putting up a tent. So a complete mixture. The other thing is it's very difficult to pre-plan too much because of the weather. Mm. So if, I, if I'm somewhere in Kashmir... You're not going to know where you're going to be on a certain day. Yeah, you know, they've got landslides, it could snow, the monsoon, it could get... So it's great having a rough idea of what I'm looking to do, where I'm looking to stay, and obviously, if, you know, in between villages and towns, yeah. but it's not always going to be possible to actually no. hit those targets. So that's part of the adventure. Do you think it's too big a challenge to take on? I don't think there is too big a challenge. You know, I, I what, does it, what does adventure mean, mean to you? Adventure to me is doing the complete opposite of what you're currently doing. It, for me, it means changing your landscape, changing your environment. So if you're working a nine till five in the city, what's the complete opposite of that? You know, you're in an office, it could well be mean, I don't know, I don't know if there is a complete opposite of working in an office. could be doing something manual uh, on shifts or something like that. You know, if you play football or you just go to the gym, what's the complete opposite of that? Maybe you could go skydiving. Maybe you could do boxing, mixed martial arts. So for me, adventure really is about doing the opposite to what you're currently doing. Yeah. Yeah. And environment is a big thing as well as, you know, I'm sure we get onto in terms of the whole kind of mindset and mental health. Yeah, definitely. When you're able to change the environment that's where adventure is doing the same thing day in day out i think you can just get into a kind of pattern of yeah mundane yeah, daily life yeah. yeah and have you consulted any fitness 
professionals before this challenge? I know a few people in the industry, but I mean, in terms of, it's a difficult one because for me, just to start long distance running is going to help to an extent, but it's not going to be the be all and end all because I'm going to be carrying between 30 and 40 kilos. So, and again, at the moment, I'm having to train to drop weight pretty fast as well. So as I said, I'm probably going to drop about two stone. And and that's before? That's before I set off. March? Yeah. So my training at the moment is very CrossFit-esque, a lot of circuits, um, but also a lot of kind of core and stability Mm. because I'm going to have that rucksack on so train with weight yeah. very much so very much so so that's another interesting aspect to it but you know I know a lot of guys that are ex-military ex-service guys that are doing extraordinary feats and adventures with a lot more disabilities than what I am you're looking at guys that are you know lost a leg in combat mm. sometimes you too so you know what I'm doing yes to the average person is that, is person. that how you try and put it into perspective it really it is yeah because look two th- the way that it is it's going to be between 2,300 miles 2,500 miles depending on what route I have to go I've got two feet that work perfectly fine two legs and a clear mindset so for me what's stopping me there are people that have done things that have been a far greater challenge you know people that have done marathons where they've got you know not the use of their legs you know the, the Paralympics and things like that so I don't think what I'm doing is well, I think I think you're allowed to take a step back and think this is quite a big challenge yeah I mean I've had a few people <laughs> say that as well I just yeah. feel I, I think really what I'm trying to to get to is that I feel very blessed and thankful for being able to take on this challenge. Mm. And you're going to be fundraising, obviously, you know, for mental health. Yeah, very much so. Can you tell me what you're hoping to get out of the challenge to help other people? Yeah, I mean, mental health is something very personal to me. You know, I suffered with mental health issues later on in life. It's not something I suffered with all of my life. There was an incident when I was away traveling that triggered some childhood memories and childhood trauma. And when I got back to the UK, it literally spiraled out of control. I was drinking too much to cope. I was starting business, the stress, my relationship was breaking up. And and I, I just fell into a very, very dark place. And you know, I lost everything, you know, on the verge of being homeless as well. I literally did lose everything that meant something to me, my fiance, my home, my wealth, my mind and nearly my life. Mm-hmm. So I want to raise awareness. I'll be raising money in the process, yes, but it's the awareness. Yeah. I want to kind of try to reduce Starting the, the stigma. Yeah, reduce the stigma that's attached, especially for men. Now, I'm not saying it's any worse for men than it is for women because everybody's got their own experience with it, mm. but there are less support groups. There's less of a community. It's kind of not very alpha male to mm. talk openly, but it is changing. Yeah, you know, slowly, slowly. Very much what, so. What do you see as the biggest failings in, in mental health in, in, in the UK? In terms of the service? In terms of services? Or look, I, I, I had it, I've experienced the private sector and the NHS. And I think that was, I think when I first knew I had an issue with my mental health, I, you know, I, I was okay for money, I, um, money coming in from businesses and things like that. So I had private health care, which was fantastic. Mm. But it opened up 
you know, so many past memories. And then halfway through, my private healthcare run out. So I had dragged up all of these issues from the past and, and things you, like yeah. that. Then all of a sudden I was kind of home, you know, high and dry. And I was reliant upon the NHS. Now, first and foremost, the NHS is a fantastic service. We are very, very fortunate to have that in the UK. But in my experience, they fouled me quite significantly when it comes to mental health. I think I think one of the biggest biggest problems is that waiting time. So when someone is ready to then to have that, it takes a long time for someone to actually, you know, have the courage to actually talk about something. Absolutely. Six, five, six weeks go by and then, then they've suddenly got an appointment. The process. And it, yeah. they don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Because they, they don't want to talk about it five weeks ago. You have to... You, with... When you're suffering with depression and anxiety, from my experience as a man... You want to talk about it when you want to talk about it. So you may wake up and you're in the mindset or the headspace of, right, okay, something needs to be done. I'm going to reach out. And like you say, there's a waiting list. Now, when you go to the doctors, you know, and you go to your local GP, they are a general practitioner. So without being negative with them, they cover a huge kind of area. So they're not specialist in anything really, and they can be quite dismissive. When I went to the doctor and told them that I was suffering, and there was an incident in the UK that was as difficult as, as one could get, I went there and I had to wait... I think it was five weeks before I could see any specialist. And even then it was a generalised course, a CBT. Which doesn't work for everyone well, well, well. Exactly. But then I also had to, I had to wait two and a half weeks to get a call to process my application there. And it was, it was somebody that wasn't a medical professional or anyone qualified to do that. They were literally just asking me questions. And then when I went to course I was not offered any kind of one-to-one therapy or anything like that and I had that through private health care I was seeing mm. a therapist that was a specialist in that field and then I arrived one evening at a, a CBT course which is cognitive behavioral therapy it was terrible I was the only guy there you know I walked in and it was it was being presented by two people that didn't have a clue wow. they and, and it made me feel very very uncomfortable in there and I felt that whilst I didn't know any of the stories from the other people in mm. there I think there were some people playing the system at that particular time which you know I won't go into it was just very unprofessional and uh, I walked out there and didn't go back again so a lot of my, I, I changed a lot of lifestyle habits. Mm, I was going to say, so there's certain, I think a friend once said to me that they're still troubled, but they've just learned to have better coping strategies. How would you say in terms of coping I, I, strategies? Yeah, I do agree with that. I mean, yeah. first and foremost, anybody listening to this podcast, I want to be completely transparent and say, I only know what worked for me. I only know the type of depression and anxiety that I went through and what mine was caused by. Mm. Now, I understand that bipolar is completely different, chemical imbalances and things like that. I'm no expert. For me, diet is a big thing. If I start to eat really crappy foods or if I start to drink too regularly or consecutively, 
I can feel mm. negative emotions start to start to build up. Yeah. So I think it is just about managing it. I think you can keep a lid on depression for the best part, but it is very much, you know, you have to know what the triggers are. Yeah. And, and for me, it's diet, lifestyle, but also sleep is a big, big, big thing. thing yeah. yeah, massively. What, what advice would you give personal trainers if one of their clients is embarking on a challenge? Just to make personal trainers aware of their clients' mental health, if they're, if they're undertaking. Quite yeah, I mean, I would turn around to say the most successful personal trainers I know, one mm. have gone very niche. So it's not just level one to three. They've actually gone into other areas. So it's specialist population. Very much so. Yeah. Very very niche. And those people seem to apply more of, rather than just a personal training program, they implement a lifestyle program. And that incorporates the 23 hours of a day that the client isn't in the gym. Yeah, I think that's crucial. And it's being aware of that. Mm. Look, everyone, if they're paying you £100 an hour, however much you charge, of course you're going to go and get the client's attention for that hour. But really, the growth... And the performance and the results come from the other 23 yeah. hours when you're not training them. So it's about getting them in the right mindset. And nutrition is a big thing. Mm. Now, I know that to be a personal trainer, from my understanding, you only have to have basic knowledge of nutrition. And there's further kind of education mm. and programs that you can undertake. But being aware of trigger foods that could maybe not aid and assist your cause when it comes to a challenge you know bad foods and things like that yeah I, th- I think it's asking the questions as well yeah. isn't it? not being afraid to before a session asking what your client ate drank the night before yeah um, if you are a personal trainer yeah, at the end of the day so you know personal training for me the successful personal trainers it isn't just a you know a physical thing it's a training of the mind as well it's a complete you know the body in its entirety Mm. so yeah I think the people that are more concerned with what goes on outside of the gym is something that will certainly help personal trainers get through to their clients I met up with a guy last week a guy called Ollie Hunter Smart and he's done a similar adventure in India himself but what a great guy you know he just wanted to he was kind of intrigued to what the reason why I was doing it, but just so helpful. Like I said, a lot of the people in the travel and adventure community, it's all about the sharing community. You know, what have I done, you know, that can help you? Can I put you in contact with somebody else? And it, yeah, it's it's very, very encouraging as well from those people. But I, th- I think if you're going to do it, you're going to do it anyway. So there's only so yeah, much advice yeah. you can take. Yeah. Weather conditions. I've had a lot of people that have reached out to me that are kind of British, that are based in India, and have said, like, you're crazy. You, you are going to experience the worst of the worst in weather because you're going to get the summer, which is ridiculously hot, mm. but you're also going to get the monsoon. So, you know, and then I was like, oh, damn. So for a couple of days, I was looking the way... Reroute? Do I change from going from Kashmir to Kanakumari? Do I do Kanakumari up to Kashmir? And all of a sudden, within two days, it was very much overwhelm. And I was like, hold up a minute. This isn't going to be easy. You're just going to go back to In the best of condition. <laughs> Let's just stick to the original yeah. plan. It will be what it will be. So you are going to be unsupported, but are you, are you going to have a sort of phone a friend? No. <laughs> something does go wrong. Well, I mean... You can't, there's only so much you can do. I mean, from that perspective, I'm going to be unaided, unassisted. There's going to be no 
fixer, no guide or anything like no that. No medical? No. So I'll certainly have medical insurance and... I mean, again, that's part of the adventure. I'm not going to lie. You know, this this come about quite spontaneously. Like, one evening, I was sitting down with my girlfriend, and I was like, I want a challenge. I was feeling a little bit... I just wanted to push myself. And then we sat down and we spoke about, should I do the London Marathon? Should I do... What was it? The Tough Mudder? Rat London Race? London to John O'Grace? This is it. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. And then all of a sudden, I started to look into it, and I was like, God, they're not cheap, are they? Like, some of these... By the time you've travelled costs... And it was her idea, and she said to me, like, does it, it doesn't have to be in the UK. And about a half hour later, somehow, I'm walking the entire length of India. So it come around, I mean, admittedly, we were both sitting there drinking red wine. <laughs> uh, that might have had something to do with it. Me being me, I straight away on Facebook, I'm going to walk across the whole length of India. And you signed up there, not you? It, pretty much so. So I'd already put it out there. Uh, so, you, had, you know, I was making myself accountable. Yeah. So, you know, but that's part of, you know, doing the whole yeah. adventure thing. A lot of people tell me, I said, oh, you need to train for six to nine months for this and that. And I'm like, you don't. Because sometimes you can overthink it. My mindset, if I've got a work deadline and I've got three months, you can bet your bottom dollar that I, I'm going to be working on it two weeks before the deadline. <laughs> I was the same at school if I did actually do any homework, is it would be done like the night before. Mm. So, you know, and I've just read, we mentioned before we went on air, is that I read a book by David Goggins, mm. and he turned around and said, he's an American guy, ex-Marine, and he does like these ultra-endurance, like 100-mile, 200-mile runs and trials and things like that, and he turned around and said exactly the same, you know, who needs time? Sometimes the time is now, yeah. and you've just got to get in that mindset, and you've just got to go for it, so here I am putting, you know, feelers out to everybody. <laughs> it's exciting. Well, we'll yeah. definitely have to keep keep tracking yeah. uh, you on the route and then see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing as well. It's, it's, it's the communication and the... For me, I wanted something that was going to stretch me, push me to limits when it comes to mindset, when it comes to physical performance. But also, it's, it's communication mm. with other people. You know, I don't speak Hindi. I'm very, very small amounts. You know, I go slightly beyond the namaste and things like that, but not by much. So I'm going to be having to communicate with these people and, you know, put myself, I suppose, to an extent, out of my comfort zone. Because let's face it, I'm going in as a white guy. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's a very fearful situation. Well, I mean, you could so. be taken hostage. Um, I mean, <laughs> my girlfriend keeps on about that. Uh, but, I mean, look, you could... I live in south-west London. You know, I could, I could come across more trouble going out to grab a pizza... In Brixton. In, in Brixton <laughs> or wherever, Streatham, Clapham or anything like that, getting money out the cash point, than, you know, than what would happen if I was travelling. You know, it's, it's that mindset, isn't it? So for me, why not? Has fitness been in your life always? Or is it yeah, very much a, so. Yeah, yeah very much so. Kind of been within, like, yeah. obviously, you, you CrossFit and boxing. Yeah, always into, so, you know, I love MMA, I love boxing, uh, CrossFit. You know, I've always been a gym goer, but I haven't really done anything 
since I was younger, kind of that competitively. Yeah, it was so always done for aesthetics and things like that. And do you know what? There is something, there is something deep down inside. I wanted to join the army, the military, when I was a kid and I was talked out of it by my parents. And I just always thought that would have put me in good stead. Yeah. You know, I'm a well-decorated Cub Scout. You know, I had an armful of badges and things like that, but I was seven. So obviously, <laughs> I, you know, tying a knot or, or, or first aid, I don't think it's going to help necessarily with this adventure. But I started to watch programs. I was quite envious of the guys doing the the SAS program, Who Dares, is it um, SAS Who Dares Wins? With yeah, Anne yeah. Anderson and things like that. And, I, and I'm like, do you know what? I could do that. I'm not saying that I could do it and complete it, Look, everyone's sitting in the armchair with a beer. I I, I understand it from the mindset. Do you know what? I think I would be better equipped to do something like that now, having suffered with depression and got out of it, because I've got a very, very resilient mindset. Mm. And that's why I think I'm actually better equipped to do an adventure and a challenge like this now than what I would have been before suffering with depression. Because I think that goes back to the coping strategies very much so the thing is with it and this was the real annoying thing if you go onto my website and read my bio it's completely true but it makes for very inspirational reading you know i i quit my corporate career in 2004 i travel around the world i come back in you know 2004 is when i got into personal development like i said i had a, a meeting with a guy who turned out to be the psychology coach for arsenal football club and he gave me some tony robbins cds deepak chopra and things like that and literally within 24 hours my daily routine had changed like that mm. i stopped putting the tv on when i got in from work I wouldn't watch TV in the bedroom I started to meditate and I started to be more self-aware I didn't get yeah I think that's a really good point isn't it mm. being self-aware yeah from being conscious of your surroundings tuning in and, with yourself yeah and being present you know, I would get in like many, many people do. I would get in of an evening and it would either be smoking a joint or drinking a glass of red wine or a beer, which so many people do. But being more present allowed me to not want to escape my current environment, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. People do that to wind down. Mm. But, you know, the reality is people call it winding down fundamentally it's escaping your yeah. current reality yeah. so you're trying it's to escape from yeah exactly so i've been exposed to that and then, yeah like i said you know i've traveled around the world done that and it makes for great reading so then to come back in 2015 and have that downward spiral yeah. it was difficult for me to talk about it because i had almost this facade of self-confidence yeah, like you, you, and you, you, alpha you, male you'd quit the job you'd yeah, travel the world and, and it's oh, hang on, it hasn't actually gone as well as I thought it would. Exactly, and exactly. And it's a struggle of admitting that. Yeah, yeah, I was embarrassed. I closed myself off. I didn't really confide in anybody else until it was too late. And then that happens. But I'm very, very fortunate that when things really did, you know, put me in a bad place, there was still something subconsciously I knew what could get me out of it. Mm. 
and that was the effective lifestyle changes and funnily enough without kind of self-promoting it too much I've actually put together a training program booklet it's downloadable kind of ebook as it were and it's quite in-depth and it's called the SAS guide it's structure and strategy and they were the effective daily habits to really get your head in okay, the right which place helped, which helped you if yeah. any it's what I used Every principle there is what I implemented into my life in order for me to get from a bad place to a good place. And that's things like intermittent fasting, because I put on a hell of a lot of weight when I was depressed, how to sleep better, and things like that. Meditation, the benefits of meditation. And there are five key principles that when I implemented that into my life, things started to look a hell of a lot better. But there was, again, a trigger moment that... It's frustrating because it's okay knowing all of that information, but when you don't put that information into practice, into practice yeah. it was making me and even more And it's knowing depra- the effects to then mm. be able to resort back to yeah, it. Yeah, because it's very easy. It's very easy just to reach for that beer, that glass of wine, a drug, or something like that. And unfortunately, in the UK, when you go to the doctors, it hand, was... Hand up pills. Antidepressants and sleeping tablets. Antidepressants and sleeping tablets. And I never, it was never a route that I wanted to go down. I mean, I... That's I ha- another massive error. <laughs> it's... You won't digress on Yeah, exactly. Today, but yeah. I mean, they work for some people. They don't for others. It was a personal choice that I didn't want to bring them into, you know, my life at that particular time. So, yeah, effective lifestyle habits. But again, that's what worked for me. I'm not saying that that is going to work for yeah, you. Everyone's got yeah. their own journey with it. Great stuff. So, yeah, so what day are we setting off? It's going to be mid-April. Mid-April. Mid-April, so I'm just waiting exactly, because I'm just getting the finalisation for things like routes. Uh, I'm finalising with sponsors, so working with some great companies out there. But it's important for me that it's not just what company's going to throw the most equipment at me. Yeah, it's or going to have It's, it's, it's got to align brand values. To the whole yeah, 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 so it's got to be brand values. And, yeah, I'm, I'm just... In communication with some really, really top people, so I'm very grateful for their advice. I am going to be video recording yeah, so everything massively. I'm going to start. Well, the whole thing is create your own adventure. Is a brand that I'm going to create. This is going to be create your own adventure, India, because I'm doing a mad adventure. Uh, I'm going to be building a YouTube channel and things like that. But create your own adventure is going to be a standalone brand. So the following year. Mm-hmm. Who knows, it could be Create Your Own Adventure Russia, where maybe I hitchhike across Russia. It could be... That I don't know. Well, this is it. <laughs> but it's the main thing for me is Create Your Own Adventure is about changing your environment. It's about changing your landscape. Yeah. And when you can do that, the world just seems a little bit more of an exciting place. So for me, it is that kind of mindset conditioning behind it. It's, it's about cognitive performance as well as physical Fantastic. So we'll look forward to yeah. hearing all about it. Yeah, very much. Thanks I'll so much you, for, uh, for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. Great. <laughs> for more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and see you next time.